It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. LA Galaxy losing 2-0 to Orlando City. We're going to get you through that game, uh, although it seems like a rinse and repeat of uh, a whole bunch of games earlier this season. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming news and, of course, the Galaxy facing Colorado here at the end of the day. Some other little breaking bits and things in there. And, of course, Kevin is away from home and was on a hot mic for some of his calls to American Airlines at the opening if you were on the live show part of it. But we're going to bring him in. And welcome him back. We're glad to have him as always. And we hope that for once, just once maybe, he learns how to use his his mute button. Uh, maybe he knows how to like, you know, do some other. We'll figure it out. That's basically what Kevin, how's it going, buddy? No, I'm not going to learn any of that. And, and we did agree. I look like Mr. Mr. Frederickson, right? That you do. A, you do. Yeah. I, I was yeah. going to play the up theme, but pretty sure that one gets copyrighted every single time. Yeah. Even Mrs. Panda, who's here with me in Sarasota, she... Uh, she weighed in about how I look like Mr. Frederickson. It, it, it's it's not, a talking dog. It, it's not the worst thing in the world. There's other. Th- I mean, you know, you could look like a lot of really bad people, and like, you know, you just you, you just look like the one of the saddest Disney movies ever to be, but also one of the one of the better ones, I would say. So, um, but know. by the way, I, I I know obviously we're going to talk about Saturday's game. I I was not in Orlando. I did not watch the game at home. I watched it on my phone because I was at uh, Enterprise, which is a uh, it was a fundraising gala held by Enterprise. Uh, Sophie invited me, and Aww. I sat at Sophie's table, and I saw Sophie go up. She presented an award. Um, she was in her element with a lot of other sad Arsenal fans uh, <laughs> at this event. But it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a fundraising event to support the LBGTQ uh, plus community worldwide. It was a really good event, I, and I just want you to know before you see the check that I did make a rather generous donation from the corporate uh, corner of the galaxy corporate bank account. Okay. But you know, it's good. It's good because it's tax deductible and we know taxes are a really big t- topic around galaxy these days. So um, th- that's all. It's all good. What, what was the, uh, it was uh, at Schitt's Creek, right? Where, where he's like, he's like, Oh, he goes, we'll write it off. He goes, excuse me. Do you even know what that means? It's like, yeah, we'll just write it off. You know, that's what I feel like. Yeah, it's, yeah. We'll just write it off. It's fine. Just write it off. No problems. Well, I mean, I, I, and I thought since since taxes were, like I said, a big topic among in Galaxy Land, that that th- this was the time to do it. There you go. Uh, yeah, the drama continues into uh, into Monday as it goes. Uh, the 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 many winding and 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 twisting roads of uh, of the soap opera that is 
Um, the LA Galaxy right now, the loss on Saturday night. You got to watch it. I didn't watch the game until this morning. I want to tell you, it's an interesting perspective, Kevin, to see everybody complain and to see everybody and not having watched the game. But I obviously got tagged in a lot of comments on Twitter and then there's the Discord. So I get to see yep. everybody complaining. People now people were worried what happened to you because you hadn't been live you generally you live tweet games and you didn't live tweet and you didn't have the press conference up immediately afterwards. And I I, I personally got a lot of people reached out to me and said, Is Josh okay? Where's Josh? Yeah. Is he, did he give up on the galaxy already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Said, no. <laughs> for my he mental for up, my yeah. mental health, I think it's best if I if I step away from the galaxy uh, at, at at different times for sure. No, I was uh, our, our train club had uh, had a meet, which is a long standing tradition throughout live steaming from all the way from England all the way over to the United States. And so we had we invite people from other clubs to come out and run their trains on our layout. It's a fun way to 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 sort of go around that. I do. You want to hear a tragic. St- so I don't know if anybody and I'll just do it quickly. Uh, a tragic story. Uh, there was a guy. He has been working on the steam engine. I would imagine for years. All right. You work on these things. They cost you twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars to build. You have to build them yourself. You have to press the parts together. You have to machine. You have to do all this labor of love. So he gets out there and they pressurize the boiler to make sure it works. It passes. He gets out there and something breaks. Okay, that happens all the time. He's like, I'll take it home. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, On the way home, it's in the back of his pickup truck and they go around a corner and it tilts over and it crushes a little piece of it. No, no, this isn't the bad part. This isn't the bad part. So he's like, it's fine. I'm going to glue it back together. It's not a problem. I'm going to work on it in the morning. I'll bring it back in the afternoon, the whole deal. He's working on it on his bench at home and it falls off the bench and hits the ground. So this guy's been working on this thing for years. It finally goes out to run and then one, it falls over in the truck and two, it falls off the lift. And that's all of this time and all this stuff that happens. So I just, I just thought that's that's really what what working on trains is like for most. But you know, you brought up an interesting question really quickly. You can lift it by yourself into the into a pickup truck, or do you have to get other guys to help? Those look like they're really heavy. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the engines weigh you know two thousand pounds. Some of them weigh you know twelve. Yeah, you sort of push it into the truck. You get it, you line oh, it up, okay. and you you push it off the off the little lift and stuff like that. So anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was busy doing the meet and so I was trying to watch it. Well, actually, while I was riding on a train, uh, it worked for about 10 minutes and then I had to do other things. So I, I couldn't do it. But the interesting perspective comes from, at least in my opinion, comes from the fact that you don't, you see all these things and everybody has their opinions of things. And I saw stuff that stuck out in my mind before I watched the game was Brugman sucks. Um, Douglas Costa sucks. Uh, Greg Vanny doesn't know what he's doing. Um, the midfield's nothing without Ricky Pooge. Uh, the defense was horrible. I'm like, I'm going through all these things. I'm like, wow, it must've been a really bad game. I watched that game. Yeah. The galaxy didn't, we're missing Ricky Pooge. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, but having said that it, it, it wasn't, it's a very typical LA galaxy game of this year. That's the frustrating part, right? Is that, that we've seen this type of performance, this, this ability to be semi half dangerous not put balls in the back of the net and concede goals. And once conceding goals for this LA Galaxy team, you might as well write it off. If the Galaxy go down, and there's not even really a history of winning games to really prove this out, but if the Galaxy give up the first goal, they're going to lose a game. Almost exclusively in 2023, that has been the situation that has happened. Um, And there's some real sort of damaging trends that are going on that Kevin may or may not put Greg Vanny on the hot seat. It's certainly something we can talk about. And we're going to talk about that. And, and but but some of the stuff you said, I think Casa did suck. I think Casa had a horrible yeah. game. Yeah. And when you put your later in the show, when you put your little rhombus diagram up there, you'll see how much um, the passing network really missed Ricky Pooge. But I'll I'll go over the math, which I hate math, but I I do this 
you know, for every podcast. So where are the Galaxy now? The second to last in MLS in points, second to last in wins. Only only Sporting Kansas City has fewer wins. The Galaxy have one. Sporting Kansas City has zero. Third from the bottom in goals at seven, behind only Sporting Kansas City and Colorado. Fourth from the bottom in goal differential, minus seven. They've been shut out four times in nine games. Mm -hmm. They've scored multiple goals just once. And now they must average 1.44 points per game over the rest of the season to reach 42 points, which, as we've talked about before, is the average over the last four complete seasons for them to finish ninth and make that the Don Garber Memorial one-game playoff with the eighth-place team. Um, they've done that twice since 2016. They've got 1.44 points in a season. Now they have to do it over the last, what I was at, 25 games to do that. Oh, and by the way, with this loss, Greg Vanny now has a losing record as Galaxy coach. Overall, he's 28, 29, and 20 uh, in his two-plus seasons. So Greg Vanny goes below 500 for the first time. <sighs> Interesting. I mean, it, it's all uh, – you, you brought up the shutouts. Um, I had the graphic for that. I also think, so they've been out shut out four times, which is concerning. Two of those games were zero, zero games. Uh, they've also shut out an opponent three times in the first nine games, right? So been shut out four times, shut out the opponent three times. Two of those were also in the zero, zero draws. So the two of those were well, no goal games. So what do you think of that? I mean, that's a really good stat. I think that, that they got shut out twice and still managed to get a point from that game. Is that a good thing that says... Yes, you know they're they're even in a game when they don't score, they're able to to salvage a point. Or is that a bad stat that says these are games when their defense was so good, the other team didn't get a didn't get a goal, yet the best they could get out of the the, the match was one point. Where do you come down on that? No, I mean I I just think it I just think it provides context. I I don't think it's good. I mean we you would the other part of that stat is that three out of three out of the nine games of the Galaxy have allowed three goals in the game. Um, so like, you, you, you know, so, okay. So you lose three to two, um, you allow three goals, you score two. That's great. You lose three to nothing. You don't score any goals. You know, it's zero, zero. Yeah. You get a point. One of those points was against SKC. Right. And so, um, yeah. that game's horrible. I think the other one was against Vancouver at home. Wasn't that the, the other one, the zero, zero. I can't remember if that was, I think that was that one. No, I think the Vancouver game was one, one, wasn't it? It might've been. No, zero, zero yeah. was Portland. It was in oh, Portland. That's what, that's what it was. So, I mean, Okay. Yeah. What, the problem is Sporting Kansas City is generally accepted. It, everybody would be, Kevin, talking about the Galaxy right now, about how horrible the Galaxy are. And in some ways they are. Um, they, the people are talking and not not justifying the, ga the Galaxy are, are justified by where they sit in the uh, in the table right now. Um, but everybody would be talking about how horrible the Galaxy are, except that Sporting Kansas City are an actual dumpster fire. Um, so the galaxy, at least I think have some talented players and they say Johnny Russell was, was lost for words about how to fix it. He goes, I don't know how you fix it. He's like, we're, we're not even a shadow of the team that we were. I don't know how you fix that because they should technically be, um, better. And Peter Vermees, longtime Peter Vermees, who's their head guy over there, right? He's in charge of everything. He's one of the last sort of remaining holdouts between him and Bruce Arena and Greg Vanny really are, are have their hands and everything. But Peter Vermees is basically looking at having to step away from the coach and possibly being a GM type player um, and bringing in a coach because they, I don't think sport in Kansas city is going to be able to, to weather this particular storm. So that's just to put that in his perspective is that the galaxy are really bad, but they're not as bad as sport in Kansas city, which is the reason that they haven't been dumped on by the league probably as much as they should be. Um, but they were leading up to the LAFC game, and I think that bought uh, them, the front office, and everybody a little bit of time. And then the Austin game buys another little bit of time. But 
you know, going all the way to Orlando is always going to be a difficult game, and I'm not surprised they lost it. I'm I'm sorry. That's especially not with Ricky Booth. Yeah, it's, it's their longest road trip so far this part of the season. By the way, Bruce Arena at 71 once again leads the Porter Shield standings with New England. It's just amazing. You talk about Peter Vermees, um, the dean of of uh, MLS coaches, as far as uh, you know, consistency with one team. Um, the, the team is struggling. I am not hearing. I'm not you know, involved with a lot of uh, sporting Kansas City uh, social networks and things, but I'm not hearing a lot of calls for uh, Vermees to step down they, because they were they were chanting coach. they were chanting Vermees out Vermees out at the game. They're 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 they want them gone. The fans in sporting Kansas City are are done. That, that that was my weak attempt at a at a segue into. We are hearing that about Greg Vanny. There there has been a lot of social media talk about Vanny out. Should Vanny go? And so you and I, we talked earlier in the week about this. And, and I sort of put together two scenarios. First of all, personally, I don't think Greg Vanny should be forced out. I don't think it's the time is right yet. If things continue, all bets are, you know, all bets are off. But I think Vanny it, it can turn it around. But anyway, I'll go through the scenarios. I think the arguments. Okay, why should we why should Vanny stay? Well, he took over a terrible team. And he's had to try to rebuild it with a dysfunctional front office right now. Everyone agrees on that. We're changing that a little bit with Will Koontz coming in. The sanction from the Pavone signing cost the Galaxy $2 million in cash and allocation money, cost them a summer transfer window. That uh, uh, signing, that has really hurt Vanny's uh, attempt to turn the team around here. He's had to remake the academy system and build a scouting system from scratch. He's had to do that in less than three seasons. Um, all these things have taken time to implement. And I and then also pulling the string on Vanny now. I think um, the Galaxy made a habit in this downstretch of, of I think forcing coaches out too early. We saw it with Anafo. I think we definitely saw it with Anafo. I think maybe we saw it with with Ziggy as well. I think Vanny, given his resume, deserves more time. And then the last part is the number one reason that Vanny should not go anywhere right now is because there's no there's nobody out there that's clearly better than him that would take that job. And and so why now the reasons to sack Vanny? Why should we get rid of Vanny? Team has a losing record since he came aboard. Uh, he rebuilt the team in the first season, right? Made the playoffs in the second season. That momentum clearly has not carried over. Team has regressed. That's on the coach. Uh, many of his personnel decisions have failed. I know there's some that you know that he's going to be credited with Ricky Pujols, Bergman, uh, Caceres. But when you in that first season, remember the French connection: Crabal, Grancier, Ravelison. Uh, Koulibaly. Only Koulibaly is still here, and he's not even playing anymore. So that that whole French connection thing failed miserably. Uh, and then Costa, who is another big signing, a DP, a guy Vanny really didn't didn't want, but but he I think has been mostly a bust too. I think the team this year has shown an alarming lack of discipline. When you talk about Costa and Castro's getting the red cards, Jovalich leaving the pitch early, having to be forced back to the bench by Raheem Edwards. Um, that to me betrays something in the makeup of the team that there's maybe a lack, little lack of discipline, a lack of camaraderie in that dressing room. Uh, the organization has not regained the culture, the galaxy culture that was that was Banny brought in to bring back. And then finally, um, we talked about in the first scenario, there's not a clear, better coach to replace him. Well, if Jesse Marsh gets the U.S. national team job, which a lot of people rumored that he will. That makes Greg Berhalter available. Greg Berhalter, former national team coach, took Columbus to MLS Cup final, is has a Galaxy pedigree, played for the Galaxy, got his coaching start under Bruce Arena with the Galaxy, understands the team, the demands, the culture. 
if Greg Berhalter became available, you can make the argument he's better than 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 Greg Vanny. And now you have a an heir apparent. And then finally, a coaching move, if it is made, should only be made if it can be done independent of Chris Klein. Um, we've seen, you know, the Galaxy, because then he becomes, for Klein, Vanny then becomes the scapegoat. We've seen that before. Under Chris Klein since, 19, uh, since 2017, we've had five coaches. We've had four general managers, um, you know, and Chris Klein has used those as a scapegoat each time. So if there were to be a coaching change, it would have to somehow be done independent of the president. I don't know how you do that. But I don't think Chris Klein should have his hand, his fingerprints on this move if if it happens. I, so there you are, the pro yeah. and the con. I don't think he's. I, I think he. I think he definitely deserves to, to 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 stay out the season unless we're talking about one win in the middle of July. Then maybe things change. <clears throat> it's it. Yeah, I mean, the, how, how where do we go? Where do we attack? Um, I, I think I ultimately lie on the you can't get rid of Greg Vanny unless Chris Klein goes with him at the same time because the person making the decision will be Chris Klein again. And it just, it, it seems like that ship has sailed, especially for, uh, as we look at the LA Galaxy standings, making the playoffs right now, while not a, a it's impossible, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult road, as you pointed out, 1.44 points per game um, here on out in order to get that ninth, eighth spot, you know, in, to, to, to slide yourself in. To me... That means that Chris Klein's promise of, hey, if we don't make the playoffs, if we don't advance and play as the Western Conference, it feels like it almost comes to an end sooner. And so could there be wholesale change? And we were talking about this before the LAFC game too, right? Uh, again, the performance against LAFC while was spirited um, and the Galaxy looked you know, decent in that game to the point where you thought maybe they had a chance to win it. And then they go and they beat Austin. So you sort of bought some reprieve. You bought up a little bit of breathing room for a second. But then you go to Orlando, you really do look flat. And we'll talk about that game here in a second. You really do look flat. You're now back in that same situation again. So what happens whenever Colorado Colorado comes into town? Colorado is a game that the Galaxy should win. Um, so it's it's like all of a sudden there's all these all this pressure building on every single game. And whether you want to put that in with, uh, you know, Klein saying, you know, if we make the playoffs, that there's pressure there. If, whether you want to put that into something where you're saying, um, you know, uh, if, if you don't win, um, then then you're going to get fired. Greg Vanny, whether that pressure is there and then you have the fan boycott. So that pressure is there. There's a lot of pressure on these players. There's a lot of pressure on this team. I'm not saying it's not deserved. Right. In, in a lot of ways, uh, quite honestly, the galaxy could have just had a better start, uh, even a lackadaisical start where you win a couple, you lose a couple and you sort of battling around 500 for the start of the season, puts them in a position basically to do anything that they want. But that's not the case. Uh, the galaxy are very quickly running out of. And it's crazy to say they haven't even played 10 games yet, Kevin. They haven't played 10 games yet. They're not even a third of the way through the season. But you're looking at a record that has been so poor that there's a very good chance that they do not recover from this into any sort of meaningful way for the rest of the season. The start could be so bad that we're seeing, and it's the second worst start in galaxy history uh, across anything. Doesn't matter what 97 was the, was the, was the worst start. Um, a lot of those, a lot of those games were, were draws that they wound up losing. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing with it, you know what you're talking about? Yeah. The record is really bad and you can, as we did, you can break it down statistically and it looks even worse. But on top of that, the team just hasn't looked good. No, it's not like you can say, "Oh, you know," which Greg has tried to do. Greg Vanny has tried to do with some justification, but not totally. Where he said, "Oh, you know, that the calls went against us. You know, refs, uh, you know, really hurt us." 
I, no, the teams looked really bad. I mean, I here's the thing. Outside of the Houston game, I haven't seen just a, a really crappy Galaxy team. They, again, it doesn't feel like 2017. 2017 was a wooden spoon year, and you could feel it, right? You could feel it burning. You could feel it while you were running through most of it. Um, there was this impending sense of doom. And I just feel that eventually something corrects here for the LA Galaxy because they aren't as bad um, as this. But one of the big things that they're going to have to figure out is Douglas Costa. Um, and that, to me, seems to indicate that Douglas Costa shouldn't be on the field anymore. Let me get to some Super Chats. Uh, Chris said a $5 Super Chat and says uh, that MLS Power Ranking at number 25 said we got a look at the Galaxy minus Pooj. They're every bit as bad as the scoreline indicates. Uh, the Galaxy culture is broken. Here's the thing. If you take away the best player, your best DP, and he has been um, Ricky Pooj since you joined the team. And remember, the Galaxy haven't played a game without Ricky Pooj since he came and joined the team. Um, that hasn't happened. He's played every minute of every game from here on out. So I do expect that the compass in this particular case, and he is their compass. I, I'll say this from the from the game that I watched, Kevin. I saw how many times, um, how many times the Galaxy were putting themselves into pressure situations where Ricky Pooj usually bails them out. Right, like they pass the ball into the center of the field, and then Pooj dribbles around three guys in order to break the pressure and sort of open. How many times they put a ball into the center of the field, expecting you know Gaston Brugman to sort of dance around people? He's not the same player, right? And then you had all the focus on Brugman as well, which he's not hasn't he's never had. He's never had all the focus be on him because Ricky has played every minute of every game since basically since he's been here, right? So you look at all those things, and it's I, I understand the harsh adjustment. Having said that. Uh, MLS and their power rankings can shove them where the sun don't shine. They are they are usually so disconnected from actual reality. Power rankings really should be a measure of who is the hot team, not a who do we expect to be good in a while. And they never do that. So throw the power rankings out. I don't care. Um, Twenty five, sure. I mean, quite honestly, the Galaxy stats and and their um, their position on the table indicate where they should be. You don't need power rankings. The table tells you where the guys are supposed to be, right? But the, the thing MLS gets wrong about their power rankings is at the end of the season, Kevin, there it could be a 13th place team that's on a seven game winning streak that's just tearing people apart and they should be number one in the power rankings. And that would never happen with MLS's power rankings. So, well, but you know, it, 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 there is some truth to the fact that uh, that Galaxy really missed Ricky Pooj, and and I think everyone, every other team in MLS, every other team the Galaxy are going to play, they looked at that and said, well, clearly the way to take to, to to beat the Galaxy is to take Ricky Pooj out of the game. <laughs> now, if he's on the field, you got to find a way to take him out of the game by neutralizing him, which LAFC tried to do in the playoffs last year. I think word's gotten out that you need to be physical with him, um, Ricky you know, was suspended for yellow card accumulation, which means he's starting to fight back and get a little frustrated. I, I think we may see that trend go forward. I think teams are going to try to try to, uh, you know, uh, mark him very closely, get a little physical, maybe, uh, maybe a little dirty, try to get him to retaliate, take him out of the game because when he is not on the field or when he is not concentrating on playing, the galaxy are not nearly as good. Well, I mean, Listen, I'll tell you, every team has tried to body Ricky Poosh, and he's very good about getting out of that way. I agree, though, like trying to push his buttons and get under his skin is a good way to get him. Uh, the real concern here is that Ricky Poosh now has just three yellow cards until his next suspension. So if he gets eight, then he would be suspended again. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's a much shorter leash from here on out as you go. And basically, he got five yellow cards in nine games, right? So it was a, it was quickly being picked up. Um, 
from all of that, I, I have uh, Raphael gave us a five dollar super chat says uh, from the COG discord. And this is my comment. So I'll claim it. Uh, the degradation throughout the entirety of the L.A. Galaxy organization should be noted. So many front office people have left to get out of the crazy. Um, we know people who we know people have left. I know I know boatloads of people who used to be there who aren't there anymore, whether it's low pay and that's across all of MLS or it's basically like there's something been broken with the whole reason we got into that discussion was talking about um, like, as I've always said, there's some great people who work for the LA galaxy that are getting sullied in all of this, you know, Klein out talk and, and all the boycott stuff and things like that. There are some really nice people who really care about the club, who are fans of the club and then joined the organization thinking it'd be a dream jo job. Uh, and it's been a nightmare. Um, so, you know, I, I think we always have to keep those people in mind whenever we're, we're talking about this stuff is that, you know, uh, uh, things happen from the top down the dysfunction in almost every area that that really we can we can see um and that we interact with and certainly there are people who again some people who i deal with on a regular basis who are absolutely outstanding with what they do um but they're fighting against a culture that feels like it's almost uh, it, like this undertow that's going on um at the organization and so i can't imagine it's a great place to work right now well you said something earlier that was very interesting that, that maybe we just kind of moved past that we should go back and address. There's a lot of pressure on the galaxy, on the players, on the front office, on the, on the staff. Um, why? Well, because people care about the galaxy. This, I mean, people look at that. And, and when a team is winning like LAFC, they trot out the 3252. Look at our supporters. We love our supporters. You know, they're with us. When a team starts losing and the supporters get angry, a lot of times they say, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Let us let the big boys handle it. The Galaxy are in this unique position of the supporters really care. Miriam uh, Swanson wrote a really good article for the Southern California News Group a couple of weeks ago, a column where she talked about the Galaxy should be happy that there's a fan boycott. That means the fans feel like they're part of the team and they feel they can speak up and they feel like like it, it's very important to them. Galaxy fans aren't leaving. They're not going to LAFC games. They're, they're, they're not uh, leaving soccer. They're just boycotting the Galaxy home games because they care that much. And that's where that pressure comes from. And that's a good pressure. The worst thing would be for you to lose and for have, and no one to care. For you yeah. to, to, to fall off the face of the earth and have no one to care. That's not the situation here. The Galaxy fans and supporters are voicing their displeasure and demanding change. Why? Because they care. And I, I, you know, I think AEG has it backwards when they're saying they're trying to keep the supporters at arm's length. And you hear guys like Greg Vanny and even Chicharito saying, we don't care who's in the stands. No, that's not the response. The response is, we sorry, we're sorry we disappointed you guys. You, you, we know how important this is to you. We know a loss destroys your whole weekend and your week. We will try to do better. Um, they're, the Galaxy are extremely lucky to have supporters that are that devoted to the team. That That's certainly part of it. And I, and I would caution galaxy fans galaxy you know people who are paying attention indifference starts this way though right it's this continued sort of uh you don't care about the final product you don't care about what is happening you don't uphold the standards of the club so that the hardcore fans are like you know i'm not going to go to i'm going to boycott and so they're going to boycott and then you know what they realize is now all of a sudden they have a lot more time to do things because they don't have to go to the galaxy games they don't spend six hours oh well i'm going to pick up another hobby or i'm going to do something else or i'm going to follow a lower level soccer team and then it's sort of like you know what that's my thing now so you can you can disassociate people from your club by being indifferent to the problems that they're voicing. Um, and if that continues, that's where this goes. 
it's not abandonment of a team, but it's indifference because you don't want to be in a place that's associated with so much negativity after being a place that was associated with so much championship winning and positivity, right? Um, the, and the highs and the, the highs, and, yeah, the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows, right? That's that you're, you're sort of in the mix there, but don't be shocked if some people never come back to the stadium. That's, that's what I'm saying right now. Well, especially when you're sharing the city with the best club and the most exciting club, let's just face it. I mean, they are an exciting team to watch. And you and I were talking about Coachella a couple of weeks ago about how come there's not a lot of galaxy stuff at Coachella. It's run by the same organization. Someone told me there was a lot of LAFC merchandise that was in circulation out there. That's, you know, there should be red lights and warning bells going off in AEG land over that. Somebody else said they went to some community event over the weekend and it wasn't a soccer related. Yeah. Community I event. saw that too. Were, yep. Yeah. LAFC things that, that should be very concerning. Um, because of what you're talking about, someone says, I'm going to boycott the team. Oh gosh, I miss soccer. I can't cross the picket line. I'll check these guys out. You may never see that guy back again. I mean, it's, it, we were sitting there, we were talking to somebody from LAFC whenever during that game and they were talking about casual fans. Remember, we we're like, well, the casual fans might not even know there's a boycott going on. Totally true. And I think that they may have an idea that something's going on clearly. And maybe some of them do have some knowledge of that. And so they, they understand, but maybe if they don't follow the team in and out every single day, like some of us do, um, they didn't know what's going on. Eventually you're just going to, you're, you're going to lose those guys indifference. They're not going to show up anymore. And if you look at the base for the LA galaxy, it's it. Yes. Season ticket members, provide you know let's say excuse me ten thousand people let's say it's ten thousand people why not i think that's high but well let's say it's ten thousand people there's twenty two thousand people which means there's twelve thousand casuals or twelve thousand walk-ups that happen every single game that you have to convince to come back every single game right you have to sell your product on the field every single game and the galaxy right now are playing at a a pace and a and a sort of uh indifference that is going to not have those people come back what this the I bet the game against Colorado is not very well attended, even though it's Star Wars night, um, even though it's the return of Kevin Cabral, right? Um, all those fun oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ten dollars super chat from Patrick, by the way. Uh, salute Guessman and Baxter. COG doing the hard work of following this madness for us. Uh, I mean, you know, madness, madness for sure. Um, but, but you know what? And, and I have heard the argument, oh, the Galaxy are too big to fail. The kind of club, you know, historic. That just roll the ball out. They're always going to be good. And, and you have heard that from players. You know, Jonathan said biggest, you know, when he was here, Jonathan Dos Santos, the Galaxy have to win because of the biggest club and, and they need to win. And that's the tradition. Chicharito said that. Not true. Just look at the English Premier League. Everton, iconic English club, hasn't been relegated in over 60, 70 years. They're going to go down this year. It, it happens. It, it, no club is too big to fail. If you don't pay attention to what's going on and you don't, make the right moves and 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 have the right culture and the right discipline, um, you can fail. You can be Everton. You can be a Galaxy team with one win after nine games. Yeah, it is it it is certainly a spiral. Let's talk about the game a little bit, focus in just a little bit. Uh, the big change here was Douglas Costa in the starting lineup for the first time in 2023. I would like to highlight now, and with as much tongue-in-cheek as possible, uh, congratulations to Douglas Costa for finally going over 90 minutes. That's not in a single game, but that's for the season. Uh, 106 total minutes played, and by the way, he only played 45 minutes. Got a start and got pulled at halftime. So did Tyler Boyd. 
Uh, Greg Vanny said afterwards, basically, that uh, it was about it was about shifting into a more defined three five two than the hybrid sort of four four two three five two that they were in, um, and that's why he did it. But you have a guy, Douglas Costa, who was supposed to be the replacement for Ricky Pooch. And by looking at where he was playing, Kevin, and sort of where he was marking, um, you could see that he was more in the center than I think a lot of people. I, I didn't I didn't like him tucked in at all. Um, but there was no energy from him. Uh, he finally he played. He made one good play, I think, in 45 minutes. And it was in stoppage time of this of the first half, uh, which was he finally went down the line and actually put a cross in that was semi dangerous. Um, and that was about his total contribution to the entire 45 minutes. This is a guy, Kevin, who seems to be getting chance after chance to prove himself. It's a guy who went out and called out Galaxy fans after he got booed at home. Was like, I love the hate. Bring it on. Well, Douglas Costa, I bet you can't wait till you come to play on, <laughs> on, on against Colorado on May 6th, right? Because the amount of boos that I expect from that, just knowing how sort of fed up the Galaxy fans are, um, is, is going to be an interesting thing to gauge. The other part about that is what is Greg Vanny thinking about Douglas Costa at this point? They didn't go out and buy him out like we sort of expected them to do. That was the very galaxy thing to do was to buy him out and then replace him with somebody. They didn't do that, so they didn't spend the money. Maybe AEG told them you're not allowed to spend any more money doing that. You, you No, you guys, maybe this was the more of Chris Klein's punishment, which was we would love to buy Douglas Costa out, Chris, but you're the one who signed him. So he's your guy until his contract runs out and you guys have to make do with what you're doing. Um, and I wonder what Vanny's thought is on this. Is it to show that Douglas Costa can't be a part of this team? Because if that's the case, he's doing a very good job um, with, with sort of where it is. And by the way, at the start of this game, Kevin, I would have started Douglas Costa in that spot as well. I thought that was the simplest way to sort of keep the same formation that had been successful against Austin and sort of make that and apply that to the Orlando game. I thought that was the best way. Um, and I think sometimes as a coach, you go out and try things that you think are going to work for you. Um, and then you get proven wrong. And Vanny was not shy about correcting himself in the second half. Galaxy looked better in the second half, too. Um, yeah, you know, one, one thing I'll say about Costa, and you're, you're predicting the booze, and you're probably right, is, is I think Galaxy fans, any fan, any sports fans that I've been around, if a player hustles, even a non-talented player, and, uh, you know, if he hustles, who are the guys that are the fan favorites? They're the Mike McGee's and the Alan Gordon's. Good players, but guys that busted their butt to be out there and hustle every time. And then you have a guy like Douglas Costa, who is immensely talented, that doesn't seem interested. That's where the boos come from. You know, it, it, just just put in an effort. It's not that hard to do. It's 90 minutes a week. I understand that, uh, you know, you're playing against some of the best players in the world, but you are one of the best players in the world, too. That's why you're out there. Just try. Just put in an effort. It, I don't... <sighs> The the argument Eric and I got in it was funny because people were tagging this this argument uh, this this discussion that Eric and I had and it was a good one is whether or not Douglas Costa was mentally capable of competing anymore and I said there's absolutely ze there's zero reason why he can't mentally compete on the field zero reason why he can't go out and do what you just asked him to do except that there's something in that Kevin that basically he's saying I don't want to um, I don't think it's I can't because physically he looks fine. Um, it's I don't want to and I don't want to is scary because Greg Vanny has told us throughout this preseason throughout everything that Douglas Costa was committed to this club and Douglas Costa doesn't look committed to this club um, $5 super chat from Andrew uh, Andrew says Andrew wants to yell at you Kevin I'll do it for him I'll, I'll yell at you for him he goes, <laughs> he goes galaxy is bigger in MLS than Everton 
has ever been in the EPL. Not the same at all. So he doesn't like your your comparison between the two. Andrew, I hope I did a good job yelling at Kevin for you. Um, so $5 Super Chat, thank you for that. Um, you, you know, going back to the hustling thing, though, remember Chicharito's first year, and we all suspected that he had quit a, a lot during that first year, and he had a lot of personal problems. There were other things. So you just set that aside. Just the fact that the fans thought he had quit. And there wasn't any fans in the stands, but when they were in the stands, they were unhappy with him. Came back the second year, talked a good game, right. hustled, right. scored a lot of goals, but it wasn't the goals in my mind. It was the hustle. He... He learned and said, I'm going to put in an effort. And he talked all the time about the team. He never talked about himself. After that first season, he hasn't talked about himself. And I think the fans looked at that and said that, yeah, you know, bravo. That's what we want. Yep. You know, Costa hasn't proven he's been able to do that at all. E- either thing, either hustle or, or or talk a good game. Well, I just wonder how, when it becomes overly toxic, because I already think it's toxic in a lot of ways. Just the fact that he got suspended, that he that he was missing. I mean, again, I'm not kidding you that, yes, you can account for injuries. Yes, you can say, okay, he didn't play for a lot of the games. Douglas Costa has basically been available for four games. Uh, He started one of them, and he has 106 minutes. So he's played 13.1% of the total available minutes so far this season. And nobody has had, I think, a bigger negative impact than anybody else uh, than, than Douglas Costa. Um, you know, Efra Alvarez, perhaps when he's on the field, is another one of those guys who sort of drains space. But I'll give this to Efra. He he plays better than Douglas Costa right now. Uh and he's not a DP. You're putting these three names up yep. here because these are the DPs. Yep. You know, there you're supposed to be held to a little bit higher standard when you're a designated player. And if you're for whatever reason, if you can't play, if you're injured, if you're in the wrong but if you think you're being used uh, you know, at, at, at the wrong position or in the wrong, wrong formation. You know, you can cure some of that by hustling. Um, when you um, are a DP and you don't appear to care, it, it takes on a much bigger part of that conversation because you are a DP. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, American Blues, why isn't anyone interviewing Costa? Where is the reporting? People have talked to Douglas Costa as recently as I think or two weeks ago. Uh, he was there. There is... Uh, there's with time constraints and the galaxy getting out, which is something we push against and we try to get as much as possible. Whenever you get into translations, uh, it can sometimes be a, a no go after games and that type of thing. So we ask, we talk, we try, um, as much as we can. And Douglas is usually available if you want to hear from him at the, um, uh, the midweek, uh, pregame press conference at Dignity Health Sports Park. That's usually whenever you can get to him. Um, but I like it. Just don't go look for it. Um, but it's out there. Douglas Costa did speak not too long ago. Uh, he doesn't speak a lot. You know why? Cause he doesn't play a lot. That's why. Um, that's the other reason. Usually we talk to guys who actually play. So that's the, that's and, the other and also he's not, he's not, he's a, good not quote. a great quote. Yeah, there yeah, was. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't share much. It's pretty much, we put him on one, you know, put our shorts on one leg at a time and, there isn't much retro, you know, there isn't much introspection uh, when he speaks. No, there's not. It's very top of the water there. Uh, it's not, it's not. And then, then you have the exact opposite with Javier Hernandez. He, go, what, what, yeah. he had a, um, after the Austin, win, he came in and he sat at the the table and the thing, he goes, he goes, okay guys, how about you ask me one question? And I talk for 10 minutes and then we'll be done. Right. And I'm like, but he could actually do that. I would see him. I've seen him do that. Oh, so, he has done that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of what it is. Listen, there's been players throughout my time covering the LA galaxy. This is my 15th season who are good quotes and who are bad quotes. That doesn't mean anything. Some of them are really nice guys and they're just bad quotes. You know, who was a bad quote whenever, whenever he started, who, who was a, who do you, who do you think was a bad quote? Recent guy, no longer with the LA galaxy, who was a bad quote when he started and turned into one of the best quotes. 
Wow, that's a tough one. Oh, come on. You know it. We talked to him in the parking lot at Dignity Health Sports Park. Mike Ju- McGee? Julian Araujo. Ju- uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The first. Well, wait, he's been because he was like 11 years I know. old. When he first I know. Well, out. that's absolutely. I mean, you know, Efrain Alvarez has never been a great quote. That's a guy. That's a guy who's never been a great quote. You want to know, you know, sort of how and it goes. Still is not. And still, probably is not a great, great quote. These are the things that, like, this happens. We know. Um, there's some guys who you don't want to talk to. You're like, nah, I'm good, because <laughs> you have to do so much work on the interview side of things whenever you're doing it. You know. But but then there are guys on the other end, like Mike McGee and Todd Donovan, who didn't want to put the attention on themselves. You'd ask them, Hey, you had a good game today, and they would talk about the team. But when you frame the question in the right way, and you got them involved they were excellent they really shed a lot of light on what was going on the problem is if you came to them and said you scored two goals how does it feel if you ask a stupid question you're gonna get a stupid answer great there you go um you wanted your fancy little uh little little chart here I, i will say don't use this you know to really prove a point and the only reason i say that is that with halftime changes uh, they don't really get a very good sense of the actual pass. Like they don't do a good job of putting subs into this. So like you don't get subs. Um, so it, it, it hurts things whenever Greg Vanny makes five subs. It's harder to judge from the passing network um, whenever that happens. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. Um, what it shows is that Douglas Costas has tucked inside, that uh, Caligari was on the right-hand side, and he was the only width on that side. Tyler Boyd, I don't know... I don't know why Tyler Boyd. I, I, the reason Tyler Boyd got subbed, according to Greg Vanny, is to put in the wing backs because they were going into more of a five in the midfield, um, and that Boyd is more of a four-three-three guy or a four-four-two guy or a pure winger on the outside. I will tell you this right now: if the LA Galaxy had Ricky Pouch in this game, the transitions in the first half they probably could have scored a couple goals off of it because Boyd was getting out and up the left wing and creating space and creating width and doing all the things that you wanted him to do. Um, he was doing that sort of in that first half. The only problem is it only happened twice because they only got the ball out to him in transition twice. Um, one of the best ones he had was a cut on the inside and a good fired right footed shot that was saved. Um, so I, you know, when we're looking at this, this is more an indication to me that Douglas Costa was the problem. Um, certainly with him tucking in, he was sort of running into and combining with, uh, with Brogman and Delgado Delgado, and they they belabored this on the broadcast, and I'm not sure I totally agree, but they were trying to say that Delgado was having to stay back to cover Caligari more because Caligari was coming up trying to create width outside of Costa. Uh, yes and no. Um, certainly, Caligari also needed to stay back a little bit, and they got caught on on one of those where the ball was played in back behind, and they got caught forward. But that's the LA Galaxy. They create overloads on the outside, um, and then when they do that. Uh, that's where they that's they're hoping to find and draw people out to those outside overloads that way they can create an overload on the inside. Brugman had a very good game. Brugman probably had the best game out of any galaxy player outside of maybe Klinsman. I thought Klinsman had a really good game, by the way, made up two or three really big saves um, in this game as well. Um, so, you know, when you look at sort of the faults and failures of this, um, Aguirre didn't play well whenever he came on on the uh, as a wing back. Uh, I thought that Aude played really good sort of in that wing back role. And I think that that continues to sort of be a better one. You know, if Greg wants to go into more of a three, five, two, and I thought it was interesting bringing in Zavaleta uh, in this game and then eventually bringing on Koulibaly in the game for, for defenders and getting Jalen Neal off and doing a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, I thought it was, I thought that maybe Vanny's trying to say something to the group and I'm not sure what that is yet. And he certainly didn't say it in the post game. Um, but maybe the three five two or the five three two 
um, is is more where he thinks their heart is, being more dedicated with that instead of this four four two you know combination. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, talking about Jalen Neal, we know the value of Ricky Pouge. Who's been the best player this year? Has it been Jalen Neal or has it been Ricky Pouge? And second question, you mentioned Klinsman having another good game. Do we have a goalkeeper controversy when Jonathan Bond is healthy? Does he regain the starting spot immediately or is does he have to earn it back? You know, did Jonathan Klinsman have to, is it his job now? Um, it's interesting. I think, I think that whenever Bond comes back, he starts. I just think the leash will be short. Um, I think he gets a couple games and if he's not, sort of firing on all cylinders, then Klinsman's going to... I've been perfectly... I think perfectly satisfactory. This is one of the things we were talking about, though, during the transfer windows. The Galaxy have three goalkeepers, one who uses an international slot, who's a young guy, who they probably want to get up and be the number two um, and not be the number three. So the Galaxy seem to have an extra goalkeeper on their mind right now um, for this this summer transfer window that's going to open up internally for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Bond was on the move. Remember, he doesn't take up an international slot. Um, so it, it, he's a domestic goalkeeper, and I'm sure there's people who could do it. Either him or Klinsman, I think, gets moved this summer. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened. Um, because I think the Galaxy have some assets. I think Raheem Edwards is an asset. I think Efrain Alvarez up to a certain point is an asset. Um, I think Jonathan Klinsman, Jonathan Bond are assets. And you're talking about tradable assets that other MLS teams could want. I think I think they're there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think you're getting rid of Douglas Costa in the summertime, though. Just FYI, in case anybody thinks that. And and so the, the other question is, is Ricky Pooh the, the, the Galaxy's best player right now or oh. Jalen Neal? Jalen Neal's passing percentage is amazing. You know, one of the best in the league. Yeah, but hey, listen, I, I love Jalen Neal. I think he's been great. He's been solid. He's been a, a really good, solid defender, right? Ricky Pooch is by far the Galaxy's best player. Ricky Pooch does things that Jalen Neal wishes he could do. Um, Ricky Pooch does things that, that people on Everton wish they could do. All right? Uh, Ricky Pooch is, is absolutely the best player on the LA Galaxy team, and it was very, very evident, once again, against Orlando. He bails them out. He creates... He does all the things. He switches fields. He leads transitions. He does all the things the Galaxy need to do to be successful. Um, and so, yeah, whenever you're going to miss him, the Galaxy are going to suck. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 sort of where I said. Listen, Jalen Neal on that goal. I, people are talking about the goal that he allowed in on the thing. I thought he had it covered. And I thought Klinsman had it covered, too. The bottom line is if the ball goes through your legs and Neal made sure that you, he wasn't able to cut back that pass and it was really tight to the line... Uh, that's just a good goal. Every once in a while, you guys should just be like, you know what? That's a good goal. That's a good. Everybody was sort of in the right position. I know Greg Vanny was co complaining because he thinks that Boyd got overrun on that side and that that's how that play sort of starts and that Caligari was caught between two players. I thought they handled that tr transition very well. Ball, ball was a great tip. I never thought he would be able to tip it in. Go watch that goal like three or four more times and watch how tight that angle is. Um, you'll see that. I think that's just a good goal. I, you know, if, for the galaxy. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for the galaxy to turn this around. I think what they really need is momentum. Colorado gives them a chance to establish some momentum, but then what happens? U.S. Open Cup at home, Seattle. I, I know it's a different tournament, but still, trying to get back on the front foot again, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a big, a big heavy lift for them to try to get past Seattle in the U.S. Open Cup. Seattle's playing very well right now. And I think they're a little deeper than the Galaxy. You know they're not going to play all their, their frontline players in that game. 
Um, so again, you know, the Galaxy progresses with a with a win over Colorado. Presumably, they should, but then they run into Seattle. Yeah, I mean, listen, they should beat Colorado. The Seattle game will be interesting because I think Seattle will rotate. If you're the LA Galaxy, you can't afford to rotate. The U.S. Open Cup may be your only trophy that you win this year, outside the wooden spoon. Uh, Sporting Kansas City could get a new coach, and all of a sudden they they start winning games uh, because sometimes it takes a change in order to in, in order to change these things. Um, so if you think the Galaxy are out of the wooden spoon race, <laughs> not so fast. Um, but that being said, you go and you lose to Seattle in the Open Cup, Kevin. The, the season's over real quick. I mean, that's that's again sort of crazy to talk about it this early, right? But when you look at the ramifications of this start and the start that they had, it's not <laughs> surprise. It's not good. And trying to climb back up those playoff positions, uh, even to get in a playoff position is going to be an extreme battle. Uh, your season is now, you know, 21 games long, you know, 20, 23 games long right now, um, which is a lot less than 34. Uh, so you have to do a lot of moving in 23 games. Uh, even if you were the best team in the league over 23 games, it might be difficult for you to actually climb into that top four. As a matter of fact, Kevin, the Athletic was putting together some stuff today that basically said if the position you're at, where are you at um, in the standings and what are your chances of, of getting to uh, the top four? And basically in the 13th position, nobody's ever done it. Zero percent chance of, of getting to the top four for the LA Galaxy, which, by the way, would be a tremendous amount of wins and all sorts of stuff that you'd have to put together to be top four. Well, um, it's it's interesting you brought up the wooden spoon race, which the Galaxy are definitely in. Um, especially as you say, if 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 there's a change in Kansas City and they start winning, um, I know Klein was part of the organization back in 2011, 2012 when they went back to back um, MLS Cups. But as president, he was named president in 2013. He's won one MLS Cup 2014. He, he, this could be a second wooden spoon since 2017. Yes, that would yes. not be good. Yes. Yep. Yep. More uh, wooden spoons than MLS Cups. Yep. Yep. American Blues, that was Zavaleta who went into the goal, uh, trying to get back to the goal line. It wasn't Neil. Um, I think Neil was off at that point, too, um, unless uh, he got pulled for Koulibaly whenever that came in as well. But um, just watching the second goal again, it's classic Galaxy. Hey, we're losing one nothing, so we have to overcommit a little bit, and we overcommit too far. We get caught forward, and then there's a, a good... I thought they said that Caceres was in no man's land. I went and watched that. He's right sort of where it is. When you play with three in the back, you're going to get odd man rush. The Galaxy got odd man rush, and they ended up scoring. Klinsman even got a finger to it. Zavaleta almost pulled it out of the net. Um, so, I, you know, I look at those things and I say, yeah, don't put yourself in those positions. Galaxy had a goal called back. I thought Jovalich's header, by the way, that went in uh, was, a, was a great play. I thought Chicharito had a goal in that game, whenever he had the header that was saved, saved by uh, Galese. Um, so, again, yes, negatives, overall negative. Um, but they still had some They had some talent in there, and they need to figure out. Their biggest problem right now, to me, is not defense. Their biggest problem is offense. It's putting the ball in the back of the net. We already highlighted it once. Put the ball in the back of the net more often, and they're going to win some games. I don't know who they have to do it. It's not going to be Costa. Uh, Ricky Pooch is going to have to start scoring. Gaston Brugman is going to have to start scoring. Tyler Boyd is going to have to start scoring. Uh, you're probably going to need one or two goals from like Caligari. And then he needs like five or six assists on that side. Uh, you know, you need Jovalich to score some goals. When If he's going to be out there, you need to see him score some goals. And again, a little unlucky uh, that Chicharito's uh, was offside by a, 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 a gluteus maximus uh, in, in this particular case, just by by the hair. Um, well, I, I agree with you. I think the defense has been very good. And I think if you look at when some of the goals have been scored, it's been when the offense has been pushing forward, trying to get back into the game. 
and and you know kind of left people unmarked and there's been counterattacks the, the galaxy have been real victimized by that uh, you know I, I i think they have played very well defensively i think casaris and, and jalen neal have had really good seasons and, and and i think you're right with the two jonathans it, it's almost it, it's almost hard to see any daylight between them they seem to almost be the same player uh in a lot of ways yeah uh let me see how they play against Colorado. That's a game they should win. I wanted to point out this chart by the uh, by the athletic. They were sort of saying, OK, so if you're in a certain position, uh, is there what are the likelihood that you will be top four in the conference? What are the likelihood that you'll make it to a conference final? What is the likelihood you'll make it to an MLS Cup? Uh, so basically, if you're first in the conference, you have an 80 percent chance of being in the top four after 10, 10 games. Right. Uh, you have a 65 percent of being in the conference final. and You have a 35 percent chance of being an MLS Cup. All right. That's what they're saying. The really fun thing is that if you're ninth right now, no ninth place team has ever made it to a conference final, ever finished fourth in the conference table. And this is from 20. What was it uh, like 2013 to 2023? I think is the, the numbers they used. Right. But those ninth place teams have never been to an MLS Cup, never conference final, never think. Whereas the 10th place team has been in the top four, six percent of the time. And the 11th place team has been in the top four, 17 percent of the time. And the 12th place team has been there. So it's almost better to be 12th than it is to be anything else. Um, you know, whenever you're looking at these 12th and 11th is better than ninth, uh, which is always fun to sort of look at. There's no information for 13 and 14 because really those those expansions have happened over the last three or four years. So I don't really have much data on it and they've never made it. So interesting. Then looking at these stats that the a ninth, the ninth place team will make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, it is. It is. It is pretty funny to be like, oh, you're going to make up. But are they going to make a top four in the conference? Are they going to be a conference final? You know, those types of things that you can sort of look at um i'm trying to think if there's any other big charts that i want to touch on um we talked about a whole bunch of stuff there um really it, it's about scheduling and we we've hinted at this colorado coming up on saturday 7 30 p.m uh, i believe that's 7 39 p.m kickoff time uh then it's seattle for open cup on may 10th then four days later, the Galaxy hosts San Jose. So three home games in a row for the Galaxy. Two of those are league. One of those are U.S. Open Cups. This is something the Galaxy haven't had, which is a homestand to maybe gain some momentum. They played five games on the road, four games at home. Uh, this will be the first time that, that you know they have really two in a row and now three in a row at home. So U.S. Open Cup. I do like the fact that Seattle will probably rotate in that Open Cup and the Galaxy will probably play full-on starters because that might be the only tournament the Galaxy are in this year. Um... So we'll watch that, and then it's away to Columbus, away to DC United. Those that that's all single road trip, I imagine. I don't think they're going to be coming back from those, but you never know. Sometimes they do, uh, especially with chartering. Uh, and then it's LA Galaxy hosting Charlotte, uh, and then the end of May, it's away to Real Salt Lake. So one, two, three, four home games, and one, two, three, three uh, away games for the LA Galaxy, and again, one U.S. Open Cup game in there so far. Uh, that game against Seattle on May tenth. So, you know, San Jose, Columbus, D.C., you, when you look at those the, and over the last several seasons, they all look like, you know, they are winnable games, but they look like walkover games, like games that you should definitely win. San Jose is playing really well right now. Columbus is playing very well. Um, you know, D.C., they're all in the middle of the table in the Supporter Shield. Um, even D.C. United is 12th in the Supporter Shield. They have 14 points. They, they've won four games already this season. Um, those are going to be tough games, especially given the way the Galaxy played so far. Again, Kevin, we'll go back to it. We should get a T-shirt made that says, when you suck, every game is hard. Okay, that's 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 how this works. The Galaxy are definitely in the when you suck 
uh, sort of uh, vibes right now. So uh, you want to you want that T-shirt when you suck. Every game is hard. This game is hard. The next game is hard. Colorado won't be OK. Walk, even though the, you should beat them. Uh, Kevin Cabral probably score a Hattie, right? He's scoring three goals for sure, right? He's starting. He's getting three goals. That's definitely think that the, the being the galaxy are paying paying half of his salary. Can they tell him that he's not allowed to play in the game? Isn't isn't that doesn't that seem well, fair? If he scores, maybe it's a half point, a half goal for each side. That would be nice. That would be, it draws all the way around. Uh, Chris, by the way, with a five dollar super chat. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, do, 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 I'm what, so, kind of, what, what kind of react? What kind of reception is, is Kevin Cabral going to get? Indifferent. I don't expect. Yeah, people to that's kind of what. I, that's kind of what I, I don't think people are going to boo him, and I don't think people are going to cheer him. I think. You know who? Jossie got a nice ovation. Yeah, he did. Day. Yeah, that well, was... Jossie's artist once played and right back, it. right back yeah. for the LA Galaxy. We all remember uh, uh, some in in LA Galaxy two news and weird LA Galaxy two news. Uh, and we actually had some Wrexham fans in the chat like when we started. I don't. We're everything's weird. Anyway, uh, Wrexham. Uh, is coming to play LA Galaxy 2 on July 22nd, uh, 7.30 p.m. Hollywood's team versus Hollywood's team 2. Yeah, it's... um, Chris Klein was actually quoted, I think, in an athletic article about how good Wrexham would be in like Major League Soccer, and he was sort of saying, I don't know, because you couldn't really tell versus one game because you want to see them play over 34 games, but he, he said, I would like to imagine that MLS is, you know, has with its quality and the gains they had over the year that they, would, they wouldn't have a problem with Wrexham coming in. Really interesting. Uh, two reasons that they're not playing LA Galaxy and, and instead they're playing LA Galaxy 2 is one, the LA Galaxy uh, don't want to risk that game because if you lose that game, that's not... That's not good. And the other reason is yeah. it's in July in the middle of the season and, and all this other stuff. Le- leave it alone. And they're going to have Leaks Cup. They're going to have Leaks <laughs> Cup. Leave, leave it alone. Mess. Yes. LA Galaxy 2. So um, it's almost like I wonder if Rexham was like, hey, we want to play the LA Galaxy. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you play the LA Galaxy 2. They're like, they're like, you're going to let us play the LA Galaxy as well. They're like, no, no, no. LA yeah. Galaxy 2. <laughs> um, so I imagine very much so that'll be a home game from Rexham. Just, just telling you. Just by the way yeah. that Los Angeles is a nice little bandwagon uh, community, I imagine by the indifference that the chat will show to this game as well. I imagine a lot of Galaxy fans are like, "I'm not going to that game. Like, what? Why would I go to that game? That doesn't make any sense." Like, well, what, I'd like to see Wrexham play uh, AFC Richmond. Yeah, <laughs> one of those things doesn't is isn't real, Kevin. All right, just <laughs> just letting you know. Um, so anyway, so uh, that's going on. I wanted to give you the the heads up. Uh, the well, there's a poster for you. Star Wars night, um, LA Galaxy versus Colorado Rapids again, 7:30 p.m. Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, so giveaways. There's a there's the day on uh, Boba Fett's uh, bobblehead that is uh, part of a deal there that you can get. So I thought that was interesting. We we were talking about comparing league attendance or or sort of comparing leagues. Let's talk about league attendance real quick. I saw this chart. I thought it was interesting. Um, MLS averaging 21,840 people per game. Uh, that's still Basically, underneath the top five teams, Premier League, League, League One, uh, Serie A, La Liga, and Bundesliga, right? Um, so the closest one of that is probably League, League One in France with 23,485 per game, uh, MLS at 21,840. But when you look at overall attendance and the things that go into that, uh, because Major League Soccer has so many teams now, Kevin, they usually outdraw a lot of these leagues um, in totality. Um, on some of that. I just think it's just interesting. It's transfer market information. It's from the Sports Business Institute. Um, it's it's just 
just a chart that you can put in the back of your head. And whenever somebody wants to argue with you, you'll have the numbers here once again. Well, does that does that chart, because it, for the longest time, MLS has been one of the top 10 drawing leagues in the world, soccer leagues. I mean, I think Liga MX is right there and they're, they're you know, probably down in Argentina. But um, when you think of the number of countries where there are team, you know, where there are first division soccer leagues, MLS has always been, you know, around seventh, eighth, ninth in attendance globally. And right. and then when you look at the big clubs, um, you know, I think for a number of years, Atlanta or Seattle had the highest single game attendance in the Americas. Yeah, it, it w- wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, I mean, there's always these these different comparisons. Um, I just wanted to go and prove that Gaston Brugman was the best player for the LA Galaxy with a 7.5 from Fop Mob. That was it. That was the only thing. Because somebody would, would argue with me later and I'll be like, don't. Um, seven point one for Chicha. Delgado had a seven point two. I thought he was he was a very good player. And then Klinsman with the seven point one uh, probably should be higher. L- giving up two goals really, I don't think were his fault. That first one though is just that one's going to haunt him. But it's a really really nice shot. Um, really nice deflection. Really nice pass, sort of coming from that outside in. So something the LA Galaxy could do a lot of when it goes. So. Um, yeah, that's it. Galaxy, we're off today on Monday. Back to training Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think media availability is on Thursday, if I remember correctly. I saw the schedule. Um, and then the Galaxy play on Saturday against Colorado. Robin Frazier. Um, and then, of course, Kevin Cabral. The return to Kevin Cabral on that as well. Anything else, Kevin, that you want to get to before we were done? Galaxy were off today. They were off Saturday, too. Yeah. Two days off. Yeah, they were probably off Sunday as well. They, they come in usually for recovery on Sunday. But they also probably left after that game and flew all night. Um, in order to get back to LA at like, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning, probably. So, uh, and I, I think that is going to be the, I know they have some other, uh, East coast swings, but having to go down to Florida, I think that's their longest road trip of the season by miles. Yeah. I think DC obviously is, is the, is another one. And depending on how they do that, which is if you fly to Columbus and then to DC, um, then that's not as horrible than if you fly to Columbus and back and then fly to DC and back. Um, but DC's not a not a short ride. It's also not as long as people think it is. Orlando's way further down. You know, Orlando's way down. Yeah. But by, by the way, how'd your call with American Airlines go? Are you you feeling you feeling better about everything now? No, not not really. Okay. They just tell you what you want to hear. Okay. Right. Yeah, we, our, our flight, our flight. I'll just I'll just I'll just tell you this: our flight out of LA on Sunday night was supposed to be at ten forty eight. Actually, left about one thirty five in the morning. So. Almost three hours late. That is not a good time to be three hours late. No, um, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah, because you, you've kind of got your, you've had a couple of drinks at dinner. You're going to sleep on the plane, and then all of a sudden, nope. you're in the terminal for three hours drinking Starbucks, trying to stay awake, and it just messes everything up. My, my wife and I had one uh, flight going. We were taking basically the the red eye from uh, from Orange County to D.C. Right, so we're gonna you're gonna leave at like nine thirty. So we get there at like nine thirty. Right, you're getting ready. Um, you're getting ready to leave. And and then they canceled our flight. So you stayed up late. You waited for them to try to fix it. They didn't fix it. They weren't going to do it. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you're rescheduled on the 6 a.m. flight tomorrow. And you're like, I, how am I going to get home? And I might as well just stay here at that point. Anyway, yeah, a lot of a lot of one. Oh, by the way, L.A. LA to Montreal is usually the longest road trip. Do they play them at Montreal this year? I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. That's that's yeah, one of the, I, I, that's one of those weird road trips that you don't realize is as long as it is, and I think it's like six and a half hours by plane in order to get to Montreal. I, I think the longest road trip. I, I I can't imagine there's a longer road trip than this. It's got to be inner Miami to play Vancouver. No, that's a that's very that's very curve that's of curvature of the earth. Yeah. Thing. yeah, that's a long one. So. Uh, all right. I think that about does it. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, getting ready to play Colorado coming up on Saturday. We'll have a live show on Thursday to get you ready for that game. And uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of news, lots of fun stuff that sort of comes out of it uh, by the time we get to Thursday. So, Kevin, anything else? You good? 
I think I'm good. Okay. All right. We'll let you go. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, it's at kbaxter11 on Twitter. Of course, latimes.com. That's where you can find all of Kevin's wonderful articles. Uh, latimes.com. Please make sure you go out there and uh, and visit him there. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com as soon as I get it fixed. Still working on that. Um, but you can go over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Follow us on Facebook. Like, subscribe, all those fun things. We appreciate you being in the live chat today. Uh, glad that you were here and hopefully we'll get you back here on Thursday as we get ready for another game day on Saturday against the Colorado Rapids. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda, Baxter, I'm Josh Pato. Guess when you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.